morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. of word that we're going to give you in this message. I'm not just kind of coming to you with a, just I've got a lot of scripture, but there's a fair amount of scripture that I want to cover today because we're going to talk about some things in the Word of God that I think are important. And I think this is something that we need to understand um, here right now. Um, A few weeks ago, I concluded, or so I thought, the Help series. And someone say, Help. Help. Uh, we, We need help. Some of us need more help than others. Amen? I will raise my hands to needing more help than others. We need the help of the Holy Ghost. We need the help of the Spirit of God to help us every single day. Amen? Um, You know, some people say that that's a crutch for the Christian. You know, you you got the church thing, and you got the Spirit of God, and that's your crutch. I I will admit it. That's my crutch. I am dependent upon Him. I can't do this by myself. I need the power of the Spirit in my life. If I'm going to make it, how many would say, that's me too, pastor? Amen. You know what? We have weaknesses. We have fears. We have sins that God needs to forgive. And we need the power of the Spirit to lead us and to guide us and to help us. And so we're going to pick this up one more time. Um, You know what? I don't want to take for granted what we just had happen in this place during this last 25 minutes. Amen? I don't want to take for granted when the Spirit of God moves into the room and begins to minister in people's lives. It wasn't always this way in history. It wasn't always like this, that people could get into the presence of Almighty God. And today I want to just take a moment with you to trace God's plan to us. That the Spirit would get to us today. That in 2020, we could come into here and we could start praising and lifting up the name of Jesus. And His presence comes down and settles upon us and begins to minister to hearts and minds and spirits in this room and in the overflow and at home. So we're going to take a little journey today to find out what it's like to have access into the presence of God. I want to talk today a little bit. I want us to understand that that really having us to be at this place at this time is a great privilege. It's a great honor today. We don't want to take it for granted. This Bible that I'm holding in my hands, it's God's plan. Someone say it's God's plan. We're going to see today through the Word of God how God's Spirit has been working from the very beginning. Amen? Amen. First, the basic understanding that we're going to start with, it's a simple scripture, John 4, 24. I'm I'm going to read just the first four words of this. The rest of it is good and important too. But for today's message, the Bible says God is a spirit. Someone say spirit. God is a spirit. That's the fundamental core thing that the Word of God lets us know. And the Spirit of God desires a relationship 
with you. In the beginning, Genesis, wait, 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 wait back. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was God. God created the heaven and the earth, verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. Lord, have mercy. We must have the Spirit of God moving in our lives. Amen? We must have the Spirit of God moving in this place. We must have the Holy Ghost flowing at Life Church. Amen? So in the beginning, it started in, in the very, very beginning. The first words that were spoken, the second verse, that the Spirit of God moved. And when the Spirit of God moved, things began to, ta- to happen. The miraculous started taking place. There were moons and earths formed. That There was animals and bugs. They talked about mosquitoes earlier in the Life Kids Live section. That there were birds of the air and fish of the sea. There was man and woman created in this beautiful garden. And they had this perfect relationship with God, but we know the story. I'm just here to refresh it in your mind. Adam and Eve, the Bible said, they would talk to God in the cool of the day. They had this relationship with God. They could just, the day was kind of winding down and it was cooling off. And they would have these conversations where they would get close to God and get into the presence of God. What a great thing. But then we had the serpent that shows up in the garden, deceives Eve. She partakes of the forbidden fruit. She hands it to her husband, Adam. He partakes of the forbidden fruit. And then we have sin entered into the garden, and man was banished from the presence of God. The relationship that was had was perfect, but now it was over because of sin. And so now we start this long plan of God to get back to the place where man could have fellowship and communion with him again. Because really, when there's sin, a holy God and sin cannot get together. Amen? That's a fundamental truth in the Word of God. Sinful man, you cannot get close with your sin to a holy God. You need God to come and take care of your sin, and then you can have fellowship with him. So so we're talking about this long process that began way back in the book of Genesis. And we're going to take a few moments today to walk through this process to understand the privilege that we have to have access into his presence. Genesis talks about a chosen people that God had, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Know those guys? I love the book of Genesis. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible to read. Just some great accounts of what God does through his people, the chosen people. And we find out at the end of the book of um, Genesis into Exodus that, that God's people end up in Egypt. They're in bondage. They're in slavery. And God raises up a man by the name of Moses to come and be their deliverer. And, and God calls Moses up onto the mountain. And God's going to talk to Moses on the mountain. Here's what I want you to understand. There were some requirements for the people when God went up to talk to when Moses went up to talk to God on top of the mountain, 
Here, here's some of the requirements. I'm calling this section of the Word of God from the top of the mountain. We're, we're the normal people. We're not Moses today, amen? And, and notice the requirements for the people. Exodus chapter 19 and verse 10 says this, Then the Lord told Moses, Go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them. Someone say consecrate. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothing. Be sure that they are ready on the third day. For on the day that the Lord will come down on the mountain as all the people watch. Now here's the restrictions. Verse, 11, or verse 12 says, Mark off a boundary around the mountain. Warn the people. Be careful. Do, no, do not go up on the mountain or even touch the boundary. Anyone who touches the mountain will certainly be put to death. Man, that, that, you can't get close to God in that era. I mean, you're told that God's going to come down on that mountain, and the man of God's going to go up, and God's going to speak to him, and there's a boundary set around the mountain, and you can't even come close to the boundary. That's how serious this thing was. Verse 13, no hand may touch the person or animal that crosses the boundary. Instead, stone them or shoot them with arrows. They must be put to death. However, when the ram's horn sounds a long blast, then the people may go up on the mountain. Think about this. God was showing up, but the people, people like you and I, with our troubles and our trials and our problems, we can't even, all we can do is from a distance, Watch the smoke and the cloud on top of the mountain. We can't even come close. We can't go up the mountain to see God or to feel God or to get into God's presence because we're forbidden. There's a boundary. Man or beast, if they touch the mountain, it's instant death. So people in this time could not get close to God. They had to stand afar off and they had to observe the mountain from a distance. Continuing in chapter 20, verse 18, it says, When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. And they said to Moses, Moses, you speak to us, and we will listen. But don't let God speak directly to us, or we will die. What a place to be in. We need to be thankful today that we're living in this day. Amen? What we just felt in this place, we need to have some gratitude in our hearts that we can get close to God, that we can feel the presence of God, that we can come to God with our needs and our situations, and God's not going to smote us. Amen? From the top of the mountain, that's as close as the people could get. God, God was there, and they had to just Look, they had to have just observed. They, they lived in fear and trembling because the God that they were following and the God that was their God, they could not get close to. They had to stay so far away. But God had a plan. Someone say, God had a plan. It was on the top of that very mountain that God gave Moses the plan for the tabernacle. The tabernacle was that God was going to come down and he was going to live in a, in a tent in the middle of the camp. Okay, there was going to be this 
specific instructions of this building, this tabernacle, this tent that was going to be built. There was going to be the outer court. There was going to be the holy place. And then behind this little veil and in this back room, there was going to be what they called the holies of holies. And that's the place that the Ark of the Covenant was. And that's where the Spirit of God was going to dwell. God's getting a little closer. He's no longer off in the distance on top of some distant mountain, but God's now living in the middle of the camp. He's inside the the ark. He's inside of the holies of holies. But but there's there's a problem for you and I. There's a veil that stands that doesn't let anybody get past and into that presence. In fact, the word of God lets us know that, that, that one priest, someone say one priest, just one priest, one year, one, one time in one year could go behind the veil into the presence of God to offer atonement for the sins of all the people. Just, he's close, but he's still a long ways off from you and I. He's he's in the middle of the camp. And and there's the the pillar of fire by day and the pillar of of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night that we know when God's here and we know when God's moving and we follow that. But, But you and I can't get into his presence. You and I cannot get close to. We can't touch this. We can't feel what it feels like to have God come and minister to you. Exodus 29 and verse 43 lets us know God's speaking. He says, I will meet the people of Israel there in the place made holy by my glorious presence. When God shows up, church, that's a holy place. Doesn't matter where it is, when God shows up, that becomes a holy place. Why is it holy? It's because of the, the stone on the wall and the car. No, no, it's holy because the presence of God is in the midst. Verse 44 says, yes, I will consecrate the tabernacle and the altar, and I will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priest. Then I will live among the people of Israel and be their God, and they will know that I am the Lord their God. I am the one that brought them out of the land of Egypt so that I could live among them. I am the Lord their God. This is better than on top of the mountain. Amen? Will you agree with me with that? This is better than, you know, looking from a distance and being afar off. But it's still not good for me and you. One step closer. But for me and you, it's still a long ways away. I can't get into the presence of God. And you can't get into the presence of God if we're living in that era. In fact... One time they were moving this, this Ark of the Covenant on a cart. And, and the Bible says that the oxen stumbled and, and the cart kind of, and one guy just reaches out to steady the cart to protect the Ark. Boom. Gone. This tabernacle that God created was a temporary place for the Spirit of God to dwell. And then after the tabernacle, which was moved about, Eventually, there was a temple that was created. The temple was a much more permanent place for God to dwell in. It was a permanent structure. And it was a whole lot more extravagant 
David wanted to build it for God, but God wouldn't let him. He, said, he let his son Solomon build this great temple. But David collected all the good stuff and all the materials needed, and Solomon built it. And the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 6 and verse 2, it says, Now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where you can live forever. I don't want God living in a glorious temple, in behind a wall and a veil forever. But this was the thought of Solomon. Solomon thought that really God's spirit, this was a, a great place for God. This was a beautiful place. This was so much better than the tabernacle, this, this tent being moved about the wilderness. This was now a permanent, beautiful place for the spirit of God to dwell. And he says, this is where God's spirit can dwell forever. But if God's spirit dwells in a temple made with hands behind a veil, we still have no access to the presence of God. Amen? It's still not that good for you and I. It's really the same as the tabernacle, just a, a newer, nicer, more extravagant space. It's still only one priest, one time a year, going into his presence. But I want to tell you some good news today. The Word of God lets us know that that was not the end of God's plan and God's purpose for you and I. That was not the end of the road that God was going to stay behind a veil and stay in a little room. God had a new plan that was going to be unveiled. It was a better plan than the temple. Of course, if you read the, New, the Old Testament, there's kings and there's, you know, there's prophets that come along and, and they're making all kinds of prophecy about a Messiah that's going to come. They're prophesying about a babe being born in Bethlehem. They're, they're giving all kinds of great prophecy that God was going to come in the form of a man. Hallelujah. Are you grateful today that God decided that he's going to take on human flesh and he's going to come down and be born in Bethlehem's manger and dwell among us? Hallelujah. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's not Christmas series yet, that's next month. But I want to read Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. And the Bible says, the, the angel speaking, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord through the prophets. The prophets have been talking about this day. They've been prophesying about this day. That they've been saying, I know that God's in that temple right now, and God's in that holiest of holies right now, but there's coming a day that God's going to come in the form of man, and God's going to come and be your Savior. Hallelujah. The prophets were saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, someone say Emmanuel, which be, is interpreted God with us. Hallelujah. We're making some headway, church. We're, we're going somewhere now. This baby that was born in Bethlehem's manger was Emmanuel, God with us. 
The Almighty God has entered the world in the form of a baby in Bethlehem's manger. This is God, some one translation said this is God with skin on. God robed himself in flesh. He's the, he's the Jesus that we know, that God, he, he walked the earth. He taught the people. He opened blind eyes. He unstopped the deaf ears. He healed the lame. He raised the dead. He, he was the one that was able to feed the 5,000 with just a couple of loaves of bread and a few fish. Hallelujah. This is the God that was able to do so many great things. In fact, the word of God concludes in John 21, and it says this. Jesus did many other things. Someone said other things. We know a lot of the things he did, but he did many other things. That if they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Hallelujah. Jesus is on the earth. Jesus is walking among us. God has robed himself in flesh. God has come to be our redeemer. God has come to be our savior. God has come to to change our lives. What a huge step for God to make my water. (laughs) I might need it right here. (laughs) Thank you, sir. What a great opportunity for that era for that people to find out that this is the almighty God robed in flesh and he's able to minister to your need and he's able to go by your house and he's able to touch you at the point of your need. He's able to minister to whatever's going on in your life. You got a sickness, healed. Someone's dead in your family, raised. Ears that won't work, healed. Wow. This God is amazing. He's now touchable. We can get close to him. We can come alongside of him. He can talk to us. He he will respond to us. He's making headway. This this word of God is just one great story about how the spirit of God gets us down to today. But here, you know what? Jesus coming was so necessary for our salvation. But there's still a problem. I'm not living in the day that Jesus walked the earth. And even if I was, if Jesus wasn't in my city, if Jesus wasn't walking down my road, if Jesus wasn't coming by my house, if Jesus wasn't nearby, I would still be hopeless. Jesus was confined, the, the, the God that we had robed in flesh was confined to one body at one time. As much as you might want to be somewhere else right now, you can only be at one place at one time. The confines of my body right now, to only be here on the platform, I can't be at the back of the room and on the platform at the same time. I can't be upstairs talking to the people in the overflow in here at the same time. I'm confined to this body. Jesus had those constraints as well. But this was not the end of his plan. It was a good part of the plan, amen? 
It was an awesome part of the plan. It was a necessary part of the plan. But that was not the end of the plan. He has help for you and I. His coming was for one purpose. And that was to die on a cross for the sins of the whole world. Are you grateful today that Jesus went to a cross and died and shed his blood for your sins? Before he died, Jesus told the people that he must go away to prepare a place. And he promised something. And I've talked about this for the last five or six weeks. He promised, the Greek word is the parakletos. Someone say parakletos. Remember that, week, that word from a few weeks ago? He promised the helper. Someone say helper. He promised someone that would come alongside you. Someone that would be your comforter. He's saying, I'm going away. I'm leaving. I'm going to a cross and I'm dying. I'm going to be resurrected. I'm going to be ascended into heaven. But I'm going to send you the helper. I'm going to send you the parakletos. I'm going to send you the comforter that will walk alongside of you, that will help you, that will be your teacher, that will be your guide for everyday life. John chapter 14 says it like this. Jesus speaking in verse 16, he said, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may, read those words with me, that he may abide with you forever. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that excites me today. He says, I'm going away. I'm going to prepare a place. I'm going to come back for you. But while I'm gone away, I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm going to send you the helper. I'm going to send one to walk alongside of you, the parakletos in Greek language. And that spirit of God that's going to come to you is going to abide with you forever. Someone say forever. Hallelujah. Even the spirit of truth, the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you. He's talking about himself. He dwelleth with you, but shall be in you. Hallelujah. He says the spirit of truth, the world, they don't understand that. They can't receive that because they don't understand it, but the spirit, you, you know who it is. It's he that dwelleth with you. Well, who is dwelling with them? Jesus in the flesh. God in the flesh. He's dwelling with you right now, but he's going to be in you. 18 says, I will not leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you without a helper. I'm not going to leave you on your own so you don't know which way to turn and what to do. I'm not going to leave you without any support. Notice what he says. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I will come to you. So just these few verses I read here, a couple of key points. Jesus says, I'm dwelling with you, but I shall be in you. That's, that's the key one. He says, I, I will come to you. And he says, I'm going to abide with you forever. Wow. What, what, what an amazing amazing thing 
The plan of God is so powerful. The plan, plan of God is so rich. The plan of God is so encouraging today. As we see it, I know there's all kinds of stuff I could have talked about, but I wanted to pick out a few times to see where the people of God had to, to deal with God on the mountain and God behind a veil. But you know what happens when Jesus Christ hung on that cross and when Jesus died on that cross? The Bible says when he gave up the ghost. This is what the Bible says. Verse 51 of Matthew 27. Then, behold the veil. Hallelujah. That veil that kept the presence of God in a 10 by 10 box behind a wall, behind a curtain. The veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Hallelujah. The earthquakes and the rocks were split. God was simply saying, and he was making a point, my spirit has not been accessible to the whosoever will. My spirit's only been accessible to the priests one time a year. But when that veil was tent, when Jesus gave up the ghost on the cross, when he shed his blood and he died for you and me, he says, you know what? I'm the one that's opening up my presence to the whosoever will. And now today we have access into the holy place. It was God that ripped that veil open. It was God that says my presence and my spirit is now accessible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I, I want to rejoice for a minute at that truth. Come on, church. Begin to give him some praise right now. Begin to thank him right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I thank you that I have access in behind the veil. I'm so glad, God, we can come into your presence right now. God, I'm so grateful, God, that we have access into the throne room, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the prophet Ezekiel had prophesied about this time. He said in Ezekiel 36, As I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit. Someone say my spirit. God says, I'm going to put my spirit in you, that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Hallelujah. That veil was torn. And God says, I'm going to put my spirit. He said, he had promised them. I'm going to come and I'm dwelling with you now, but I'm going to be inside you. I'm going to live in you. I'm going to abide with you forever. The prophets had prophesied about God putting his spirit in mankind. And they were told when Jesus was ascending into heaven, he told them to go wait for the promise of the Father. They were to go wait for that promise that they'd heard about. And they went, and the Bible says they waited. And then, of course, the great book of Acts chapter 2 in verse 1, the Bible says this. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues. Verse 3. Is it there? It's not there. I'm the guy that put the scriptures in, so this is on me. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. 
God's Spirit. This was the beginning of what God had promised, what the Word of God had said, what the prophets had told, that the Spirit of God was going to live inside of man. The power of God from Mount Sinai. The power of God behind the veil in the tabernacle. The power of God behind the veil in the temple. The power of God that dwelt in Jesus as he walked on this earth. That's the power that we have living inside of our beings right now. That's the spirit of God that's flowing through our bodies right now. Hallelujah. Are you grateful today that you have the presence and the spirit of God flowing in your life? Acts 17 and 24 says, God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he does not dwell in temples made with hands. He's not dwelling behind some wall right now. He's not dwelling behind some veil right now. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6 and 16, the latter part of that verse says this, For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them. I will be their gods, and they shall be my people. Hallelujah. We have God Almighty living down in the side of us. We have the Spirit of Almighty God walking with us. When we're facing a trouble, when we're facing a trial, when we don't know where to turn, we have God walking with us. We have the parakletos. We have the helper. We have the spirit of God that's here to walk with us. Amen. Again, I want to rejoice for a moment. Again, I want you to thank God that we are living in this day. That we get to live in 2020 where the spirit of God is available. Hallelujah. That's right, church. God, we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for your power. God, we thank you for the Holy Ghost, God. We thank you today. Hallelujah, God, we can come behind the veil. We can come, God, boldly before the throne of grace. And we can find help in our time of need. God, I thank you today. I thank you today. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. What, what, what a process. Think about it. What a process. A God, the spirit that moved on the face of the waters in Genesis 1. To a God that we could look at from a distance and tremble because he was moving on top of the mountain. To a God that dwelt in the middle of the camp in a tabernacle. To a God that dwelt in the middle of a a temple. To a God that robed himself in flesh. To a God that now lives inside of his people. Are you grateful for that today? Hallelujah. Are you grateful today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is the plan of God, for God to restore fellowship, for God to restore communion with man and God. But it's not over yet. That's not the end of the process. We're in that stage right now. But that's not the end, church. There's still one more step that's coming. There's still one more thing that gets us Full access. And and we don't have to worry about it ever again. Where there's complete fellowship with him. And I'm talking about the rapture of the church. I'm talking about when Jesus Christ comes back to receive us and to take us up into heaven like he's promised. He said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. 
His spirit is a big part of that process. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16 says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. First, the believers who have died will raise from their graves. How many have a believer that you know that has died in the faith? Hallelujah. Sister Ann, you're sitting here today, and your dad passed away a week ago. He died in the faith. The Bible says those that died in the faith, they're going to be resurrected first. Then together with them, we who are alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And then, someone say then. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Hallelujah. No more sin, no more sickness, no more pain, no more tears, no more dying, no more death, no more heartache, no more troubles, no more anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What, what a great hope we have, church. Well, what a great hope we have that, that one day, and I don't believe it's very far away, there's going to be a trumpet. There's going to be a sound that's going to call the people of God home to be with Him forever. And the Spirit of God plays a big part in that. I've already said that. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 says this, But if the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you. We, there, there's an important principle. I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, about having the indwelling, active. Not, not something happened 25 years ago, Sister Ruth. Not something that happened back when I was 14 years old and 18 years, or, or two or five years ago. I'm talking about a, an active moving, an active dwelling of the Spirit. If the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. Hallelujah. There, 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 there is something that I'm telling you today, church. This spirit of God starts in Genesis and goes to the very end because it's so necessary. God, God longed to get with his people. God longed to be close to his people. God longed to dwell in his people because he needed to dwell in them for the spirit to resurrect them and take them when that return of Jesus Christ came. This dwelling, I said, is not a one-time occurrence. It must be a continual indwelling. It must be a fullness of the Holy Ghost. It, it must be having the Spirit of God active and at work in my life today. Amen? Do we believe that? The, the Spirit of God must be moving in my life today. We must have the supernatural power of Almighty God working in my life today. Because we don't know the day nor the hour. We don't know when it's going to happen. But there's coming a day. There's going to be, uh, uh, the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye. In, in just a, a moment, there's going to be a snatching away of God's people. We must have that spirit of God. We must have that quickening power. We must have that resurrection power at work in our lives. Amen? Because that's the thing that's going to get us out of here. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. I've I, I'm, I'm got a few more things I want to say, but I, I think that right now we've got to stop here for a moment. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to begin to pray. I'm going to ask the music team to come back. Hallelujah. God had a plan. God had a purpose. God had a desire.
that he was going to come back. He was going to, to first of all, send the Spirit. He was going to put his Spirit in us, and he's going to come back for his people. Hallelujah. I'm talking today, and I'm not sure who all is in the room, but I know most of you. If you don't have an active moving of the presence of God in your life, today's the day to get it. God wants to fill you. God wants to fill you to overflow, and God wants that Spirit of God to be active in your life. You might be a young person. You might be an old person. You might be a new person. You might be someone that's been around a long time. I'm talking to all of you because we must have that Spirit of God working in our lives. Amen? If you don't have the Holy Ghost today, if you it's been a long time since God's flowed through you through the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm challenging you today. Let's get it together. Let, let's go to God and say, God, I want it. God, I need it. God, I must have it because, God, I want to be ready for your return. God wants you to have it today. It's his plan. It's been his purpose all along to live inside of you. It's been his purpose all along to walk inside of you. He went to great lengths to give you his spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Church, begin to pray right now. Begin to talk to God right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I believe that Jesus is coming back. I believe that Jesus is going to return. And I'm looking at things happening on the horizon. And we don't know when it's going to be. We can't tell you the day nor the hour. But the Bible says we can get a sense of the season. His coming is very soon. If there's someone here, you say, Pastor Steve, I need someone to pray with me. I'd like to receive that gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time. Or I'd like a renewing of that gift today. I'm going to invite you to step out and come along the front of this altar right now. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I don't want to embarrass anyone today. But if, you're, if it's you, if you want to be renewed, if you want to have God touch you today, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, I want you to step out right now. All right, there are people stepping out. Don't be shy. People have their eyes closed. Just come close to the altar. Those that are coming. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I believe God's going to do a work in someone's heart today. In the name of Jesus, if you're in the overflow right now and you need God to touch you, there are people there that will pray with you. I just pray that you would step out and go to the front of that room right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both. And share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.